One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. San Diego, thank you for tuning in to Palapalooza. This week we welcome Justin Pearson of The Locust to chat about his record label, his many projects, the music industry during COVID-19, his appearance on Jerry Springer, and much more. Enjoy. What's up? Justin Pearson. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> um, Shitty question. <laughs> that's a loaded question yeah yeah um I'm, I'm no i'm doing fine with all things considered i mean i'm not um not dead so i think i'm <laughs> i think i'm doing okay <laughs> the slogan for 2020 dude 2020 hey i'm not dead yeah that's it that's it is pretty fitting i mean not to make light of the situation but right. you know whatever yeah, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to start with you. You're so involved. You've got your record label. You have your different projects. We'll get to all of those. Uh, COVID-19, obviously immediate effects on live music and the industry. Do you see any long-term effects? Uh, you know, Will this have a permanent effect on the industry? If I had that answer, I would market the shit out of it and i would be super wealthy and i'd be able to do all the things that i want to do and i could hook up all my friends with with rad stuff um you know like some kind of philanthropist but um i don't know man it's weird like um you know like we have the asshole in charge saying like oh we'll have a vaccine by uh, you know by october and it's like well that's in fucking you know what two weeks less than two weeks right i i mean I don't know. I think the planet and humans will survive this, um, but I, it's going to be like another year or something at least. You know, I mean, it's we're trying to figure out something that's pretty complex. So, right. man, if I had that answer, I would be so psyched. Um, I hear you, buddy. No, I hear that. Yeah. I'm just wondering, <laughs> like, say, okay, everyone gets vaccinated in summer of 2021. Will live music, will the music industry just, bam, go back to normal or... You know, are we going to see more streams? Are musicians uh, adapting with the streams? Are we going to see like holograms of musicians in your living room? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind yeah. of joking, but you know, I don't think it's too far fetched. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of direction with that, with the answer there, because I think like, I think, you know, especially you know, I don't know, we, like weirdo artists or punks or whatever you want to call <laughs> sure. us, you know, like we're able to kind of adapt to, I don't know, the apocalypse, you know, we're like, okay, well, we're going to fucking figure this out with like limited resources. I mean, if you're creative and, you know, like, I mean, I grew up like going to shows in the sewer underneath the freeway and like, you know, just random weird stuff like that. Like you, you just kind of go like, okay, we're going to just work with what we have, you know? And so I think yeah. like, I think that a lot of artists are kind of just rolling with it and figuring out how to navigate. And I mean, it sucks. Like I had four tours get canceled. It's fucked. Like I don't, wow. you know, make much money as it is. And now I'm not making any. And so it's like, you mm -hmm. got to figure out how to survive. And I think that it'll happen. It's just, it's just a tricky situation. But as far as like when, I don't know, when the pandemic is under control or, or eliminated or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it, like, I don't know what people will do. I think part of it is people will be more cautious, but also part of it will be people are like fucking like ready to go and like right. r rage or whatever, you know? And, and um, 
I mean, unfortunately for me, most of the stuff I do musically requires live requires an audience. I mean, it, I, I, I'm, right. I think like it's cool that people are doing like live streaming and stuff, but like I, I can't see myself doing that. Yeah. Unless it's done in like a unique way, but like right. it's hard to just kind of fart something out there and like right. and be honest with there's like when there's like no exchange of energy with it, with the, with other human beings, you know, it's just like here's me and the the you know three or four people I play with on a, on stage, and then like no one else, and like we're supposed to rock out, like that seems totally weird and forced. So. Totally. I did a live stream from my backyard the other day and you're staring at a camera. You know, there's <laughs> fucking no one there. It's like, dude, I wish I could see you guys. You know, it's totally different. Yeah. And I see you as a total showman and a front man. And, you know, I kind of, I have that comparison locally as, you know, maybe uh, compare you with Pat Beers, you know, schizophonics type where you just get up sure. there and you go crazy and you have fun and you feed off the energy. And it's so sad. That's gone. You know? I mean, it's not gone. It's just on pause. I think I, I feel like people are going to have to figure out a way to, to recreate what they, what we all had, you know, it, it, it'll happen. It's just going to take a little, a little bit of time, I think. So sure, cool. Yeah. If you say, <laughs> yeah. if you say so, brother, I believe you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I think it's part of like our DNA. I mean, you can't just yeah. like eliminate live music sure. forever. It's at some point we're going to have to adjust and, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe something will be birthed out of this that we don't even have any kind of way to like wrap our brains around yet. Like, oh my God, there's this thing that we didn't even know we could do. I don't know. Whatever that could be, I don't know. Yeah. Like, maybe we'll all become telepathic or something. I, I, I'm not sure. You know, some, who knows? I know you. You kind of kid, but I think you're on the front lines of that sort of idea. I think. I think you're right. I think there is something out there. And I mentioned, you know, holograms. You see that with, you know, big performers like Prince and Michael Jackson. But what if that did become a little more mainstream and, and easier for the, the average musician to accomplish, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't be the same. Wouldn't be the same still, but... No. I mean, I'm a fan of, of like, science fiction and stuff, but, like, sure. um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess, I, I guess, like certain stuff I do could, could fit into that realm. You know, I mean, I could see the locust playing in that sense and, and having, having it be like fit the aesthetic of the band, you know, where there's, where it is, it is like a sci-fi film, you know, totally. I mean, that makes sense. But like, like in a traditional hardcore band, like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know if like, if like Def club could just play to nobody and like be right. and like sincerely like be into it. Like, uh, you know, like, like, performance wise you know what i'm saying like right. i mean yeah we're sincerely into it but like for instance like you brought up schizophonics like i saw these photos from a live stream they did um and it was like how the fuck does that dude <laughs> do that like with no one you know with like four people in the in the room like it just seems crazy like right. i would just no and no offense to to them but like i would feel kind of silly if i was like going ape shit yeah. no one around you know like it would seem weird because and it's not that i want to just go ape shit but like the reason why I think people react that way, you know, what is pretty absurdly, and I don't mean that in a, and I mean that in a, like a loving, endearing way, like I do it too, is because like we're feeding off of the audience. There's energy. There's an exchange of energy where it's like one. It's not just like we're performing, sure, and that's that. It's like there's a there's a crowd that's like feeding something to you as well. So it's I don't know. It's a trip, man. We'll okay. see. We'll see what happens. But I mean, I I, I think we're like in this weird. Um, you know, kind of uh, negative space or void or whatever for like another year, probably. Yeah. At least. 
Uh, yeah, sadly, I think you're right. And uh, the Schizophonics, I think they did a live stream from the Casbah, and I tuned into that. And yeah, it's it's dope as a, a, a fan and audience member. It's different though, you know. It's one dimensional, like you said. Yeah. Uh, you don't have you don't have the bass hitting. You know, you don't have everyone sweating all over you and shit. You know, yeah. you got Pat Beers wearing a mask while he's singing, and you yeah. know, it is what it is. It's just different. But um, yeah, we try to stay optimistic, dude. <laughs> I mean, we can always complain about shit, but that's just, I think you kind of seem like, then you just seem like a jerk, you know, yeah. it's like, shit's way worse. I mean, now we can complain about not being able to play live, but like, I don't know, like my grandmother who's 91 was just put into, uh, you know, like a, um, uh, like a, like a, like a assisted living home. And I'm, and I'm so scared that something's right. going to happen to her. Right. It's like, and that, if something happened to her, like, we, I don't know. I don't really have to like talk about like, oh my god, I can't play live music. I'm like, dude, my fucking grandma got hit with right. the virus and passed away. Like, that's way more hardcore totally. and pressing. So I don't know. Like, I've been, I'm grateful that I don't have to like deal with that stuff yet. Sure. You know, and 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 so until then, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I always put like um, hardship and struggle into perspective. Like, it can always be worse. Like, we're gonna be fine, or I am fine. And and again, going back to the like weirdo kind of like mindset of adapting to apocalypse you know the yeah. apocalypse like we've i've got that under control i think so yeah. i think we'll be i think i'll be fine you mentioned the locust arguably your claim to fame here in san diego do you want to talk about what what the locust is going through right now and, and working on sure i would i wish i could say much um i mean we we sure. were we were rehearsing and we played some shows and we were writing some new material and then we had a tour that was supposed to happen where wow. we were doing like a co-headlining thing with Napalm Death, which was kind of insane to me. And then, wow. and then that got canceled. And so I haven't seen those guys since the pandemic started. I saw Gabe, he came over here to get some of his gear uh, to my house where we rehearse. And, and that was okay. about, that was about it. So, um, okay. yeah. I saw on <laughs> social media, you're re-releasing vinyl. Uh, Swing Kids, one of my older bands, uh, were doing like a, a an anthology album. Yeah, that that's the only thing. Awesome. Uh, that's being re released. But yeah, I, I mean, there is some locust stuff that could be re released. I just um don't have the money, or like sure. I think maybe anti the label that we're signed to could could probably be the one to, to take care of that. But um, mm. you know, everyone's being kind of cautious, which is which is smart, I think, label wise. <laughs> You got the Def Club LP coming, right? Dead Cross LP, wrapping up Satanic Planet LP, Planet B LP. So this is the year of recording and writing, I guess, for you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is pretty intense, yeah. I mean, the... the Okay, well, so I, I've been, since the pandemic, I've been... we Like, we've all been like kind of going hard on the Def Club record. I've been going up to Los Angeles and recording up there, um, and, and, and that's almost done it's about like 90 percent done i think and then we have to mix it and master it and stuff but um awesome. and then this the um the dead cross album was tracked before the pandemic and then and then we kind of were waiting for vocals and then i think Patton started on that um and he's kind of enlisted me to do a bunch of vocals as well so i did some for that recorded here in san diego and then we're just kind of like still waiting um so i mean that one's not done yet and then Oddly enough, the Satanic Planet record was done before we, before the pandemic happened, and we our our idea was like uh, to get Dave Lombardo to play on a song, and um, 
since the pandemic started, you know, we were like, Hey, will you do this? And he played on one. And um, then he was like, let's just, let me do another one. This is rad. And then, and then, and then he was like, well, how about I just play on the whole record? And we're like, Oh yeah, we weren't expecting that. You know, th- wow. thanks pandemic. <laughs> and <laughs> right? then, so now he's like, now he's in the band. So um, wow, yeah. Okay. And that's, yeah. So that's being mastered, but uh, that's being mixed right now. So okay. that's kind of sooner, probably the soonest one that will be, that will be done out of all that stuff. And then the planet B stuff, uh, Luke and I just kind of chip away at tracks here and there. I mean, we released a, a like a collaborative single we did with um, with Adult uh, like a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, but then, but that's aside from our new material. We just kind of been chipping away at new, new songs, which will eventually, you know, be a new album. But we're we're a ways away from getting that finished. I mean, maybe like halfway done with it or something. So, twenty twenty is not slowing you down. I mean, the thing is, like, what, what? I mean, what should I do? Just like sit and watch Netflix, like people keep talking about. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of have a. I kind. I mean, I think I'm maybe a workaholic, and 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 I, I just, I can't. I mean, I'll allow myself a little bit of time to just do that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I think like, well, hey, there's things that like I could do, or like things I need to do or want to do, you know. Sure. And so, I that would. I mean, I'll find a way to do it. I mean, granted, I would love to be on tour, but you right. know, that's. It's not an option. So, you know, I do feel, I do feel like, um, this might sound like cheesy or something, but I feel like more sane or like whole or complete if I'm working on something. So even if like, I'm not on tour, like when I would go up to LA, I would go up there on, uh, on every Saturday and track a few songs and then, and then take the week to, to reword or to rewrite stuff and rework things and then come back. And like, I, it kind of made me feel normal a, a bit while I was working on that. Like it, I had this, like, not like a not that, I mean, a sense of purpose, but like something right. different than that. Like, um, I don't know. It just, it made me feel like stable or sure. sane or something because there was this sort of outlet. Um, right. otherwise it's like, Oh fuck. I have all these things to do, but like how or what, you know, it's, I don't know. I needed like, a, I needed a direction, I guess. Right. So. You mentioned uh, Mike Patton. You want to talk a little bit about your super group, uh, Dead Cross, with uh, Mike Patton and Dave Lombardo? How'd you get connected with those guys? Well, I think a, a lot of, of, it was like a long chain of events. I mean, I think, um, well, so the Locust and Patton became friends, I don't even know what year this was, a long time ago, and his label released um, the Locust Safety Second, Body Last. <clears throat> and then we toured with Phantomas shortly mm-hmm. after that. And, you know, became, I became friends with, with Lombardo at that point, cause he's the drummer. And then, so we were kind of like all in the same realm or world or whatever. And then, and then randomly at some point, you know, uh, Ross Robinson, a, a, the producer, a friend of mine hit me up and was like, Hey, I want you to plan this session, you know, with these people and uh, the drummers, and, you know, Dave, you know, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Let's do that. And he's like, can you, can the dude from retox guitar player play on it? And I was like, of course he will. And so we went and did a session for someone else. And then in that time when we were working on that, this kind of idea came up to do Dead Cross. And then it took a minute to figure it out. We recorded some stuff. We had a different singer. Um, Gabe Serbian from The Locust was our singer. And then he had to quit. And so we like, uh, we were already on Patton's like, uh, I guess, radar as far as um, Ipecac was concerned. He kind of was like, hey, we'd like to release it. And then so Dave kind of countered that and was like, hey, you want to just join our band? We need a singer. And so then he joined and, you know, we, we kind of took it from there, started, you know, like we, we worked the record, released it. And then, then we did an EP and then now we're here, we are on our, on our second uh, LP. And it's, it's, um, it's definitely like, um, smarter and more, um, it's more like 
uh, I don't know, like, um, it feels like we found our skin finally, you know? So like, not that our other stuff wasn't, but it's kind of like, well, where are we? What are we doing? What, who, what is this? You know? And now it's like, okay, we got this. This is what we are. And so I, I'm pretty psyched on it. Um, and, and, you know, again, too, it's not like we're just like, be, like relaxing about it. Like it's still pretty weird and we're still challenging ourselves. I mean, even like Patton hit me up and was like, all right, we have two singers in the band. We're doing this. And I'm like, Whoa, dude, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not like a singer, a singer like you, you know, but like he's, he's enlisted me to sing on, you know, on, on a, a, a big portion of the record. And I'm like, all right, fuck, here we go. You know? And, awesome, dude. um, so it's, you know, it's going to be different and new and cool. And I think that's good because I, I'm not a big fan of like bands that just keep releasing like a variation of the same, record over and over I, I like evolution and um whatever you know however people receive it that's 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 on them but for us we're pretty psyched on it and i think it's gonna be rad it's just um it's slow moving um which is which is fine um you know it's kind of an interesting time like we've been talking about so yeah it's that's that um you mentioned uh singing i saw that you recently sang on a gay agenda track <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was so cool. I love those guys, man. They're they're so badass, and uh, yeah, it was it was an honor to to do that. Um, and the song's ripping, you know. I mean, I think like their aesthetic is just is is perfect. So yeah, it was cool. It was great. Um, what was the, what was the name of that track? Homo Riot. Cool. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of weird. Like you know, I feel like uh, I mean, um, I. I guess, um, technically I'm, I'm, I'm straight. Um, you know, uh, I guess sure. I don't, I don't like identify that, but I mean, I am. Um, so, um, right. but it's funny cause, uh, I met the singer at this, um, at this club club uh, called riches in, that I worked at. Um, I worked there for like eight years. And so I would, we kind of became friends there because he would, he would cruise out to the, to the bar and, and, and I, I was a bar back and I, you know, we just, it's like, oh, hey, you know, like out of like, uh, you know, the four or five hundred people that were there every night, it was like, <laughs> here's like we related like with punk, you know, and we're like, OK, cool. Like we're on this level together. And then so we just kind of became friends and then, you know, played shows together and stuff. And oddly enough, now it's kind of it's totally incestuous. Their new drummer is Sal, who was in Some Girls with me and he's in Secret Funk Club. So it's like it's pretty rad like to see, you know, how everything kind of fits together. But regardless, uh, I felt, um, an honor to be, to have like the, um, the honorary gay, uh, membership to, um, the community, uh, you know, through riches, but then also through like playing, um, and being, being part of that song. Um, sure. it made a lot of sense too. It was like, you know, like the record's brilliant, but I mean, I can't really relate to being a power bottom, but I can totally relate to like, the sort of like protest mentality of, of the song that I got to sing on, you know, it seems, yeah. it seems um, in line with, with my politics. And, and, and I was, you know, I, it was like, it was like um, uh, honest. I was like yeah. fully psyched on, on doing that. So, and I like how the track turned out. It was, it was great. So yeah, it's cool. That's awesome, man. Shall we talk yeah. about politics? Uh, sure. <laughs> no. Here we go. We, we don't have to. November third's coming up. Obviously, any anything you want to uh, shout out in that regard? So, okay, I don't think we live in a democracy. I think that um, 
even if we were to think that voting was effective with the two-party system, it's not. I don't think it has proper representation. And then also there's the fact that like we don't acknowledge the uh, popular vote seems like also an issue, which has been coming up. So and, I, and so I'm not against voting. I vote. Um, I just don't know that that's the thing that's going to change things. So I, sure. I I feel like the next step from voting would be voting with your dollar, where, where you spend money and what you support is very important. And then like the next step would be like, I don't know, like your presence um, in the community you live in. And then probably the next step from that would be like, uh, you know, activism. Uh, so I think that people look at something as like this linear thing, like, here we go, this is the day we vote. And then, and then this is when the change happens. But I feel like change has to happen consecutively every single day and you have to live you have to live by these sort of um morals you know or ethics that you that you identify with Be, whatever that is like people sure. everyone's different you know yeah. but you know you have like no offense but you have assholes that are voting uh on the fact that they are pro-life and they'll just they're gonna just vote for trump because he says he's pro-life, but I know that dude's probably paid for like a fuckload of abortions. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, they're going to do that. But this dude's taking sure. a dump on our environment or the economy or whatever, you know I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a pretty massive subject, but like people's um, yeah. technique in voting seems like sort of naive. Um, right. And I'm probably naive as well with it, but I, I feel like there's more to it that like uh, also too, I think like voting beyond like the president or the presidential aspect of the election is um, way more important and way more um, productive, I think. So, you know, looking, voting on propositions and, and local governments, I think, is really a big deal um, in – yeah, I don't even know where to go at this point. <laughs> I usually don't talk politics, man, but I thought we'd touch on it. And uh, that's yeah, that's yeah. all good stuff, buddy. Uh, good perspective, for sure. Have you gotten involved with any of the protesting here locally? You're still in San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. will am and will be. Um, yeah, so it's been kind of crazy. Like, I mean, at first, um, you know, with like uh, Black Lives Matter movement, like really blowing up um, after George Floyd's murder, it was like, was like pretty crazy to kind of experience. And I was concerned by the fact that there was a pandemic and like, you know, be being responsible, wearing a mask and social distancing, and then kind of saw that as a, a, con a conflicting issue. Right. Um, sure. But I, I went to some of them and um, I'm glad I did. I learned a lot. I learned a lot because I saw people and how they functioned and in the protests, um, scenario and I and everyone was really responsible and I was very impressed. Um, you know, and then I also saw like uh, Chase Bank burned down. I've never seen that before. And, uh, and, and I and yeah. I that that's a whole other probably whole other conversation. So I learned a lot, saw a lot, experienced a lot, and took a lot away from it. And I think as the protesting has kind of uh, evolved or or um, morphed into other elements, I think it's. Um, really interesting i mean i think that like for one you know you have a lot of like this really fucking crazy rhetoric you know like uh i'll i'll i'll, I'll i usually troll um the president uh the current president on twitter and i see him like uh talking about like antifa and and uh, and, and then he'll comment on like anarchists and agitators and looters and he you know he'll capitalize like the word anarchist you know like and, and, and looters like they're like 
you know, giving them like with a capital L and it's, Mm -hmm. it's really crazy to kind of see like these sort of like nuances in the way that like someone says something to paint a picture, to try to like draw in fear or anger and like it reinforced like this concept of like hating downwards, you know, like, like, uh, everybody that is on his base, like should hate all protesters. Um, where like, I mean, I think that people, um, who identify with with this sort of uh, ideology are, are are learning to to uh, inherently learning by you know uh, manipulation to hate downwards and 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 hate other oppressed uh, you know groups of people and mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a trip to like see that stuff so then like locally there's the defend East County group uh, DEC from East County who would be ma- who 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 are recently like making threats um, and uh, kind of starting some insane shit you know at least online but like also too like kind of flexing their muscle in person with like protests like there was this protest that i went to the last one which was maybe but maybe about a month ago um really well organized march so i don't want to say pro yeah it was a well organized march uh for women of color and i i i i i saw online that this defend the east county group was like threatening them and i thought this is crazy a lot of people were scared to go they had actually canceled another march because of this and so i thought to myself like i i think i should go um it's dangerous or whatever but i think i should go because i think more bodies may make more of a statement and also you know there's power in numbers and sure enough like there was more of us than in the march than there was from defendies county and 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 it it was like just a bunch of like kind of like motorcycle revving and like flipping off and and uh you know like of, of people marching and like and stuff but it was like i couldn't wrap my head around like why like these older white people were like pissed that people of color specifically marching in a street uh for equality for women and uh, and 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 people of color so like i i was like what is the fucking problem here and it's that whole like concept of hating downwards you know and like people white people are, f- are fearful of losing their power and that's um a bummer for those those people but it's the fucking time is due you know and so it's it's now um and and it's an interesting narrative it's really crazy and it's crazy to see people get aggressive but then at the same time it's also crazy to like have people of color like just embrace i mean me as a white dude like they're like fucking white ally like this is great and like you know like there's something that's happening and you know those unifying elements which i think maybe aren't really covered on a larger scale you know you see like you'll see like um a couple you know rioters or looters and and that's like what is identified as like i don't know the black lives matter movement and you're like okay well i'm sure there's a couple dicks out there or like there's like it's been like pretty much obvious that there's like planted you know people in there like agitators starting shit yeah just to fuck everything up so it's like i don't know man it's weird so seeing it firsthand and like being on you know in the streets with these people like uh marching for 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 you know, a progressive, uh, cause, uh, I think really showed, shows something else that, sure. that we don't get to see even in our, even in our like, um, tailored Facebook feeds, you know, like there's something more right. to it. You got to go out there and like, see it and you got to support these people. Um, and, 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 and solidarity, you know, and you have to like realize that this is, this is the, the correct side of history and, and people will smash, uh, <laughs> the you know, oppression eventually you know like these fuckers will end up i mean eventually like change comes one funeral at a time and these old motherfuckers will die 
It's just taking a while. So there's there's that we can sit around and wait, but or we can like try to push for uh, other elements of change, which which I think everybody seems to be doing. It's it, this is a, a weird time of of reckoning. I think um, weird as in like interesting. Uh, it, I, I think it's like oh here's a pandemic, and on top of that here's going to be like this massive social change, you know, or the massive social um, awareness or uprising, and it just seems like it's such a crazy clusterfuck of stuff yeah well said it's a pivotal time in history it's divided like no other time i've ever seen i'm almost 40 and i didn't live through the 60s but i compare it to that time in some regard yeah totally yeah it's another thing that i think about too is like man if we lived during like the vietnam war that probably was super fucked or if we lived through like even the kennedy assassination that probably felt that probably yeah. felt insane, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, how that would even play out, you know? I mean, yeah. we lived through 9-11, that was kind of crazy, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man, it's weird. I think we'll look back at it and reflect and, and take something from it that will be um, helpful, but, you know, until we get to that point, we, we're in it, we gotta, we gotta navigate um, correctly, you know, and I, th- I think that that's really important. And, you know, maybe taking to the streets, we'll look back and be like, oh, we shouldn't have done that, but, like, Right now, it's like it seems like the right choice. Right. I don't know, man. I was reading about like um, the Boogal- the Boogaloo Boys recently, uh, the, like wh- like white nationalist like right wing organization who like mm-hmm. their jam is to like kill cops right now. And I'm like, who the fuck are these people like wow. aligning themselves with? I'm so confused by the by a lot of this shit. Or like QAnon is kind of totally fucking insane, you know? Right. Like, um. Yeah, there's to me. I mean, I don't know. It's it's there seems to be extremes on both sides, fringes on both sides, and and uh, both can be incorrect and have uh, incorrect stances on things. Just from my perspective, possibly. But I feel like I don't know. There's I look at it like fuck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's okay. So like, I think I think that there is. There is obvious oppression in 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 this world or in America. Let's let's just let's just look at it like that. And like mm-hmm. there is there is like white supremacy. And so I think it's hard to go like, well, fuck these people for for rioting and for looting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's not good to fucking riot and loot. And I get it. But right. but at the same time, like if we were to give people justice and equality, mm-hmm. there there, w- there wouldn't be a need for that. And so I I. I I think that we need to go to the root of the problem and, and, and look at the system that's set up for these injustices and for these inequalities. That's the thing that's a problem that I think people kind of miss on. Yeah, there's people that are, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, there's people that are incorrect on both sides. But it's like, it's not the same. It's like trying to compare white power and black power. They're fucking not comparable. That's that's a huge thing to, to, to like, you know, conceptualize. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Like, worth like the argument of black lives matter is all lives matter. And it's, it's like, no, it's not the fucking same thing. Please understand this, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's, I guess that's my comment on that. Uh, no, well said you're, you're well-spoken on the topic and no, I pre- I definitely appreciate your input. I think that, um, we need someone to unite us, you know, I, <laughs> I would love to see a, a candidate get in there. That's, that's really, uniting to the country you know like bringing yeah. everyone together it's that time you know um and i don't think we've had that in quite some time you're right i mean the thing is like it's kind of weird i mean I, I don't know like if i am on board for 
Um, I mean, even like people go, oh, I miss Obama. And it's like, well, I mean, he was like, he was coined as the, the deporter in chief. I mean, he was like drone, illegal drone, drone strike happy. Like, I mean, he, right. he had a fuckload of really gnarly things going on on his watch, you know? I mean, and I think he had the opportunity to unite, you know? Uh, there was progression involved in that for sure. But there's also, but it's like, oh, it's like, oh, let's slot him off the hook because of this or that. It's like, well, no, 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 no. Hold on. He like did really, really fucked up damaging things. So it's, right. it's, the, it's like this kind of concept where like, I don't know. It's like when you go like, like everyone kind of like goes like, well, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And it's like, well, okay. But what about like, if you go to heaven, like what about the upstairs? Like, what if there's like some way cooler shit that we're <laughs> not conceivable, you know, conceivably like able to like wrap our brains around. So yeah. it's, so it's like, oh my gosh, what a like Obama. And it's like, yeah, Obama, but like, fuck man, there should be a, a like a person that is like uniting and like, and like creates peace and, and isn't, right. Um, you know, a warmonger or, or like fucked up, like deporting, like, you know, immigrants, you know, more than any other president before. Like, I mean, I don't know, man, it's a trip because it it seemed like when Al Gore was running, like he was, uh, I I think he's brilliant with his stance on climate change. I feel like that could have, if in another world, if Al Gore could have won, like, like, who knows what, I mean, man, we could all, we could like the whole you know, country could be running on solar panel or solar solar power. Like that, mm-hmm. that or I don't know. Like, there's a million things to think about. Or like, Bernie Sanders seemed like he had some pretty awesome shit going on. Like, mm-hmm. just the basic universal health care. Like, I mean, again, like you know, you have like people pushing fear, like socialism. It's like, well, okay. I mean, public streets and public schools and stuff is socialism to an extent. So I, you know, there's like this fear that they couldn't have you know bernie be like the the democratic candidate you know or there's no viable third party i don't know i think like to me my my ideal party is someone who's for peace and someone who's for the environment and that's a breed that we don't get to see you know ever (laughs) right so good old politics my friend (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. it's it's not you know i didn't mean to go down this road uh this path uh too much with you but it's you know i think it's good to talk about no matter what your perspective is um yeah but i also like have this thing where like you know there was like the viral video of richard spencer getting punched in the face and like dude fucking totally hilarious and totally righteous and i was like yes you know punch (laughs) them in the face especially when they like I don't know. They put like an erasure track to the background of it. You know, like, <laughs> that's great. Like I'm all for it. But then I think about it and it's like that, that's, you know, fucking that butthole, like is still going to be a white nationalist, you know, like you can punch him every time and it, over and over and over. He's still, it's not going to be like, Oh my God, you know what? That punch in the face is going to make me be fucking cool to everyone. So I think that like, I get the tactic of just like fucking people up and fighting. Like I understand, like it's part of, it's part of like, Unfortunately, it seems like part of human nature, but I do think that like there is a way to like connect and try to correct people that are wrong. And so I, I, I guess like, man, I can't remember this, this comedian has this show. I watched an episode where he like, he's like, a, I think he's like a, I don't want to say that he's like a black Muslim. He's, he's not, he's not white. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's a person of color and he meets with mm-hmm. these white supremacists and it was, it was like, just bizarre to see the interaction and and i don't think he was like normalizing anything but like at the end of the episode you can see this sort of like i feel like he made uh i feel like he connected with this white supremacist i think it was it was so crazy to see that yeah the fact that he took time and and like listened to the person and then in the sense like the you know 
the white supremacists took time to listen to him too. And, and they, not that they came to a conclusion, but I feel like he made a dent in, in the problem. Um, right. Not just punching the guy in the fucking face, which is again, <laughs> like I get, you know, I it's totally fun get, as but, fuck sometimes, but uh, it doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't it's not going to change them. Yeah. Right. It's not going to make them not a white supremacist. It's right. going to make them hate you even hate, you know, it's going to make them even, even more of a white supremacist. So it's, I don't know, man. It's a trip. Right. I get self-defense. I get it. I think that I think there is justified violence, but maybe not sucker punching a, a fucking piece of shit in the face. Maybe and maybe <laughs> not even embarrassing them or like making a funny meme about them or or something, you know, online. Like I think really having like constructive dialogue and getting through to these fuckheads and like explaining. It sucks that it's someone's duty that they have to do that. You know, it's like, but these people were like, at some point taught to be hateful and, right. and, 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 you know, have prejudices against people of color or whatever, like whatever, you know, they, they're, they're against. Right. No, that's a great point. It's taught. I mean, if you're racist, you were, you were taught that. Yeah. I mean, it's also too, like, like the fucking dipshit that, you know, I don't even want to say his name, like the child killer, like the 17 year old, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse. Like oh, that's yeah, crazy yeah. too. Like at some point, like that kid felt that it was like, acceptable to shoot someone like i i i barely want to fucking hold a gun or look at a gun let alone like point it at someone and 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 deal with the consequences of that that seems insane like i don't know man it's crazy like i just can't wrap my head around that but i wonder like how that kid's parenting was and like what he was exposed to um it's it's beyond me you know like man if i shot someone my first phone call would not be to a friend to tell someone I shot someone. The first call, phone call would be like, oh, I fucked up or like something super bad happened. Right. Get the, you know, help, get police or whatever. Like, but his, his first phone call was to like, I guess, essentially brag about what he did, which just seems, it's just bizarre to me. I cannot relate in, in the slightest bit to, to that, to that person. The so. craziest thing about that video for me, and if uh, listeners aren't aware of that you're, you're referencing Kyle Rittenhouse, is that right? He, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. So he was arrested for, uh, I think first degree murder is the charge. Um, he shot a couple people during protests, but how, you know, after he shot the people, he's walking down the street with an AR cops roll up and don't do anything to him. And my first thought is like, Holy shit. Imagine if that guy was black. With a if gun. he was black, they would have fucking shot him right on the spot. Dude, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's horrible to say that, but uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, can't we all just get along? Rodney King. <laughs> that's something, too, that's interesting because I, I was... I was a, I was 16 when that happened and I was on, I, I took part in, in protesting and I was on the streets when that went down. Like that was a oh, wow. huge eye-opening thing for me to, to see, you know? And I think that, yeah. I think that America had to go through that to get to where we are now because I, there was like, there was divisions in, 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 in communities during then too. Like you didn't have unity. It wasn't like, it was like the cops against the blacks, the blacks against the Mexicans, you know, it was like, but here it's like, you go out on the street and it's like, everybody is, it's it's people against police brutality and white supremacy and that and that i think is a, a huge difference in, in what i experienced when i was uh you know yeah. living through the rodney king riots yeah um, and also too i remember it was like insane it's way different because it's pre-internet and i remember like being at band rehearsal and coming out of our rehearsal space and hearing something 
a, a few blocks away and be like, what the fuck is that? Walking out to the main street and, and people were everywhere on the street. Like instantly mm-hmm. um, after – I think it was after the trial, I guess, that, that people first – I don't know when it, what the first protest was, but it was like so bizarre to me that that happened. And it's like, okay, well, this is what we're doing tonight. Right. Um, and that happened. you know. And it was, and it was brutal too. Like shit was getting fucked up and, and burnt and looted right away. But right. there wasn't like – there wasn't like this hyper uh, – you know, I don't know, like – like um there was no ability to share it on social right. media there was you know so so it was kind of yeah. like my own what happened in in my own world was in my mind and in what i was experiencing in my community and that was it like i i couldn't really share it beyond that you know so right yeah that's a good point social media plays a big role i mean in communicating and and uh good or bad you know i don't know what your thoughts are on social media but it certainly spreads ideas out there. And uh, I heard someone reference recently, I think it was on a podcast, but uh, in a lot of ways, it feels like we're in a, maybe an echo chamber of our own ideas right now, whether you are right or left. Totally. You're, you're, you're following those ideas that you want to follow and that feed your ideologies in your own mind, you know, and that reinforce them. You're watching CNN or you're watching Fox and you're following the, the right or left pages on social media and it's just reinforcing what you think, whether it be right or wrong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. But there's, I think that like, there, I'm starting to notice a shift. Like a good example is like, again, like when I troll Donald Trump on Twitter, I've, I notice every day now a few of his tweets are, are tagged by, by Twitter saying like, Oh, there's more. This is like might be you know, like this is incorrect, or there's false information here. Learn more about this. You know, it's right. like like That's voter enough. suppression or voter fraud or not mm-hmm. voter suppression. He's not. He doesn't believe in that. He thinks that they're voting fraud. You know, with like mail-in ballots and stuff. And it's like every day there's like a a little flagged message. Like, and it's like, dude, how do people not see this? That like. I mean, again, like it's that's his lifeline. That's his that's his way to communicate to people is Twitter. So so like right. if if there's if Twitter is saying like, dude, you're wrong. Like it seems, but I mean, again, I guess I just sh- I guess I assume that humans have the ability to figure this shit out, and, and <laughs> I, I need to quit assuming that, you know, because people that do openly follow him in, in a in a positive manner, like that that like respect him or think he's smart or something probably think like oh fuck twitter or fuck this whoever flagged this or whatever and it's like no 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 no. like <laughs> it's wrong dude that tweet is totally wrong like right. he's, he's full of shit <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i think we need to be united man somehow i think uh, the majority of americans have the same goals in mind for sure i think there's small percentages out there that just want the fucking world to burn but you know i think the majority of america is not racist and that's just my opinion yeah i mean also too like you know you got uh, going back to like i just i went on this like wormhole with like trying to figure out the, the boogaloo boys recently and it's like even that that even the name boogaloo comes from this is so fucking crazy i was like reading this online going like this is not what world am I living in? The word boogaloo is from break into electric boogaloo. And I'm like, how the fuck did they like a, a like kind right. of campy break dance, yeah. you know, like hip hop sure. movie, like get the <laughs> name of their white supremacy gang. Right. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like it didn't make sense to me, but I mean, it, I mean, it made sense, but like, didn't make sense. You know, yeah. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> like call your gang something cooler. And like, 
you know, like more like, I don't know. A bit of a conflict there, dichotomy or something, right? Kind of. (laughs) Just a bit. Yeah. And I, you know, also too, like Ice-T is in that movie. So it's like, okay, Ice-T, like the guy, he's the dude that like fucking cop killer. I mean, I guess that's probably why these people are killing cops. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Like, oh, shit. What a weird world. It's yeah, it's a weird world right now. Yep, it's crazy. Uh, we went down a little rant there, but let's uh, let's reel it back. Let's reel it back into some positive stuff, dude. Three uh, One G Records. Yeah, okay. we haven't really talked about that too much. Started in '94, uh, right? Uh, I think yes, it was '94. Weirdly enough, uh, yeah. So we're at like a hundred. We're about to do a hundred and um, we're about to do our hundredth and tenth, hundred and tenth release. Yeah, so awesome, it's been dude. fucking crazy. Very cool. And how many bands do you have under you? I was checking out your page. It looks like a, about 50, right? Plus? Uh, I don't know a lot, but but a lot of them aren't active or like we're, you know, like project kind of bands and stuff. So it kind of, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, active, like, there's not that many, to be honest. Um, sure. But it's cool. It's a community of people and, and family. And it's, I, I don't know, I somehow, um, you know, I started this thing, but it it was created by everybody, and it, and it and I and I it's it is a family of artists who I I adore and respect and appreciate. Um, it's it's awesome. So very cool. Yeah, Justin's label three one g three spelt out one g dot com, doing a lot of good there. Obviously, you're recording and and duplicating, uh, distributing for the most part. Yeah. So you know, we we manufacture physical records, or we sell, cool. or we. Or we sell digital stuff too, as well. So yeah. it's you know you can get it online. Um, but uh, I mean, which is fine. I, I think digital music is 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 fine. It is what it is, and streaming sure. is it is what it is. But okay. my the main goal of three one G is like is really physical releases and yeah. and and vi- vinyl specifically. You yeah. know, so yeah, I was reading up on you somewhere. It could have been Wikipedia, but I I saw that you do have a love for vinyl for sure. I was going to ask you about. Like Spotify, I mean, you've been involved in the industry so long, and it's obviously changed so much. What are your thoughts on digital streaming and all of that? Honestly, <laughs> well, for, okay, yeah. So for myself, I I, I just don't care. Um, I like I don't think I'd ever just sit down and be like, oh, I'm gonna put on this Spotify channel. Um, because I think like also too, I have a problem with um, chosen algorithms. Like for instance, if like you were to pick uh, a locust related channel like i get i guarantee you like three songs in to the algorithm i'll be like fuck this dude like I don't, this is bullshit that they play this you know so sure. there's that but my my biggest gripe i think with stuff like spotify is that it's not really artist friendly i mean i think you have to have like millions of of streams to get like seven bucks to split between three or four four or five people you know and it's it, right. it just it just doesn't it's just not it's just not set up um i think uh, for, for, um, artists. Um, sure. but at the same time though, like, I think that that also gives a lot of exposure. So like you can instantly, you know, have stuff being played around the planet. Um, and that gets more eyes on an artist. And I, and I do, so I do see the benefits of it. I just think that the, the sort of platform is, is not really set up. I mean, it's like, uh, not set up for artists. I mean, it's kind of like the whole like Napster um, argument, you know, and you had like the dicks and Metallica like complaining about it. I'm like, you guys are not the ones who should be complaining. You're like filthy rich, you know, <laughs> but I get why they were doing it. But he kind of called it, it dude, a little bit, Lars. I mean, he, yeah, he called it in a lot of ways. Yeah, but he's also like the worst dude in that band and like the worst <laughs> musician in that band. Um, 
him and his paintings. No. <laughs> that footage of him in that movie, some kind of monster, is so insane. Like where he's just like upset, and his dad's telling him that he sucks at drumming and stuff. It's fucking crazy. I can sit here and stew in my anger and my frustration and my hatred all by myself. <laughs> you know, it was like a thing where it's like, well, this is happening, and you know, there's nothing anybody can do about it. So like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like opposed to it. I just don't think it's. I think that it has to still evolve into something that might be uh, more, a little bit more suitable. There's a, there's a, there was like a really interesting article that I saw not too long ago about um, the debate or the comparison between um, Spotify and Bandcamp mm-hmm. and how Bandcamp is geared more towards the artist. And I, and I, uh, and it kind of goes into the owner of Bandcamp's ethics of what the, what it was, what it is. And I, and I, and I thought, okay, this, this is the right, conversation that's being had and i and i and i and i appreciated it and i think it just took a minute to get there i mean if it wasn't for spotify i don't know if i don't know if Bandcamp would be Bandcamp. like you see you know what i'm saying like we have right. to start somewhere to kind of get to this next spot so s- yeah. somewhere it might be like okay oh there's this new platform that's totally in favor of the artist mm-hmm. and this is like really cool for everybody and and ethical and stuff but um, it is what it is. I mean, yeah. I, I I just appreciate like as much as like I'll never, <laughs> much as like my royalties from Spotify have pro- they're probably still under four dollars. I'm sure. Crazy, uh, right? At, at this yeah. point, you know, like uh, uh, until like you know that changes. Like I'll still look at Spotify and be like, you know what? Like it still helps me get out there. You know, it helps like my my projects like our projects I'm in you know, get heard and get exposure. And so I'll take that because I can't do anything else about it. It exists. It's not going to stop. And and I got to just look at the positive side of it. Sure. Yeah. And I love the fact that Bandcamp every once in a while will give all sales to the artist, right? They do that every once in a while. That's kind of cool. First, first Friday of every month, they've been doing that, which is totally cool. And, you know, we could all argue that they should do that once a week or something, but, but it is what it is, you know, like, yeah. Uh, if it was me, if I was the owner of Bandcamp and I was like rolling in it, I'd probably be like, fuck it, it's free from now on, you know, or whatever. Like, I don't know, fig- you know, I'm, that's not, Yeah. I, I don't know, I'm not a businessman. I'm, I'm, I guess I don't think that way uh, like they do. But, but you know, regardless, I think it's a, it's a really cool gesture. And when the first time it happened was during the pandemic. And I think that shows the sort of um, the uh, ethics and morals involved in, in, in that, com- that company or that platform. Like, right. We're in a pandemic. Artists are struggling. We're going to do this thing. And it fucking blew up, you know? I mean, that first yeah. um, Bandcamp Friday where they waived the fees, it was fucking insane, you know? And I was like, wow, this is so impressive. Um, and that's, again, that's probably like a step in the right direction that's going to create something else in the future or, or, or an adjustment, you know? I mean, if anything, Bandcamp caught onto that and, and now they're still doing it um, yeah. every first Friday of the month. So it's like, that's cool too, you know, like th- that's great. Better than not doing it. So, sure. um, you know, until like, until like Spotify steps up and we're like, well, we're going to do this, you know, right. maybe they do something. I don't know, but it's it sure the hell doesn't feel like it. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm aware of. I wish they would pay maybe a little higher per stream. You see that they give Joe Rogan a hundred million for X years. They have money. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're fucking balling, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I use it, and and it's you know, I it's linked all over the three one G website. Like, I, I can't avoid it. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's like I think a good example would be like the three one G website on a release. It has a link to Spotify, and, and maybe someone will listen to it, and that'll be it. But maybe someone will listen to it and be like, "Fuck yeah, I want to 
I want the lyrics or I want to buy, I want to buy the vinyl and like, you know, it trickles down into sales somehow. Yeah. Also too, it's a good platform. I mean, we use it for like, we do these exclusive 3 g exclusive artists, um, playlist and, and, and that's fine and cool too for, for people because it's like, Oh, you know, um, you know, like Jimmy Lavelle from, from the Crimson Curse did this, um, pod or a pl- playlist on Spotify and, and it, you know, we, we like him because he's in, you know, Crimson Curse and was in the Locust and stuff, but he also like picked all this other really cool stuff. So it's, I mean, it, it, it gives like a narrative and an insight into artists and stuff. So there, I mean, it is useful, but at the, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, no one's getting paid from it. So. Right. Yeah. Like you said, Spotify helps with getting uh, artists attention and ha- has it made the game more about shows and merch? You know, I think merch is, is really where the money is, right? For, for locals at least. Yeah. That's a tricky question. I'm always like trying to be like, why the fuck aren't people buying these shirts? They're so cool. I, you know, I wish it wasn't my band. I'd wear it. You know, <laughs> And then like, no one, no one buys it. I mean, like, Oh, well there's that, you know? So I don't know. I mean, sure. Or why is no one at the show? That was a thing too. But I, going back to like the concept of like no shows, I mean, fuck, could you imagine like if someone's like, all right, like no more, you know, no more virus, like here's a show, people are going to lose their minds, you know? I mean, it could be the most intense thing ever <laughs> in a good way, you know? So I'm really hoping so. I think, I think we'll have the small percentage like my wife that will just be a little <laughs> cautious forever or for at least a long period of time. Uh, to especially go in a big sweaty room with a bunch of guys. Um, but yeah, I think it will open the floodgates. I think everyone's fired up and itching for a show, man. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah. So also too, like not to sound like a dick, but like I try to look at it like not a sweaty room of guys, you know, like it should be every, it should be all, you know, inclusive. And I think that that's a, um, I think there needs to be a nuance and right. maybe, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I've always been, that's always been like a really important factor for me to like, I don't know, like not be gender specific with music. And I get it like hard, you know, harder music seems like it's kind of, you know, ge- generally geared towards like dudes, but like, I'm not into that, yeah. you know, and I do get psyched when there is like a good portion of women in the at a show or like feminine energy at a, at a show sure. or from a band you know i mean i think that's really really important so sure uh, maybe your wife will be like i'm gonna go mosh <laughs> because i you know there's this thing that's all inclusive <laughs> like who cares if there's not right. a, you know that there's a potential pandemic i don't know whatever i mean yeah no thanks for correcting me that was just a wrong uh, word to use girls guys whatever the, the point being is that during covid a live, you know, let's say a, a packed room at the Casbah would probably be worst case scenario for spreading the virus, right? Totally. I mean, unfortunately. Super spreader event. Like, it's like a Trump rally, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Regardless of girls, guys, you know, just, just yeah. the fact, you know, my wife is, she has pre-existing, so yep. uh, she's been super cautious. And, you know, even if they did say, all right, guys, you know, uh, COVID's done. Casbah is having a, a rager with the Locust Friday night. She probably <laughs> wouldn't be there. And Yeah, and also, too, I mean, I... I, I I don't know if I personally be like concerned, but I think people in the locust probably be like, wait a minute, hold on. You know, I don't know if we should do this yet. You know? So I, I think yeah. it is like, a, uh, there is a sense of responsibility and, and caution, which, yeah, again, it's going to take a minute, I think, but it's, at some point it will be, it will shift, I think. And, and, and it, and it will happen. 
I don't know. Hopefully your wife will be in the pit. Yeah, dude. I know. <laughs> she's a she's a big Green Day girl, you know? She's a, a crowd surfer and we miss our live shows. Okay. It's I I'm looking back, memories are popping up of Kaboo a few years ago. We saw Tom Petty right before he passed away and oh, it's yeah. just sad as fuck, dude, to to know that there's no live music. It's such a spiritual and positive thing. Yeah. I think I think humans need it, you know. I mean, that's probably why you see so much like added you know, tension, I guess, you know, it's like, yeah, keep yeah. everyone fucking pinned up for, for six months and see what happens. Like, yeah, we're not yeah. made for this <laughs> and take away everything fun, you know, take away your live shows and your weddings. And it's just, yeah. uh, again, I don't, <laughs> I don't mean to be negative, but it'll pass, dude. Everything will get yeah. back to normal. Hopefully, uh, we got to talk about your favorite story. I'm sure that you never talk about during interviews uh the jerry springer show in the 1990s thank you you go hey guests are here to confess to their lovers there is someone else in the picture now please meet justin justin says he needs to tell his girlfriend that he's <laughs> daddy has been sleeping with her roommate and a mutual friend uh, justin what's going on well the story was all made up by Scott Bybin, um, who was a friend of ours from Philadelphia, he, he and I have had a, a, a long-standing friendship. He released um, one of my first band's records, and and I just I've known him since I was sixteen. So, so yeah, he was out visiting. Um, there was I was trying to figure out why he was in San Diego. I, he was out for something. Uh, I think there was like a show or a festival or or something. He was out in San Diego, and, and we just like on a whim made a call and then then they 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 took it <laughs> they bought it wow. so we we went and did it yeah it was a total total joke and improv like shit show but it, it worked out to our benefit um somehow <laughs> it sort of it, it obviously got you a lot of attention for sure it, it helped the locust in a lot of ways I, I guess so yeah and it really it wasn't my intention my intention was just to just to do something interesting or amusing or a prank like dadaist or something like it just seemed like let's just do this thing right and and not really fully have a conceptualized um concept you know a, a idea of like what its outcome would be or the 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 i don't know what people might take from it we were just like let's just do this fucking funny ass yeah. thing you know and it, that was it it was but then in retrospect it's like oh shit all these things happened and like it kind of created this narrative or became this like weird cult thing because there was a lot that went into it that, that I mean, in that article, we talk about it a bit more too. Like there was a lot of stuff where, where that was edited out of the actual show that I feel like might've been very beneficial to our personal politics and, and to, and to like, I guess, I guess to like punk on a, on like a more larger scale than what, you know, they were like dress punk, but it's like, you know, that's what they told us. And that's how we looked pretty fucking stupid, I think, you know, but the, <laughs> the concept of it was like to challenge things. So there's like, you know, there's obviously like the gay kiss, which was like a big fucking deal at that time. Like mm -hmm. I remember when that aired thinking like, dude, I'm fucked, man. People are going to like, just beat me up, you know, or like, wow. I thought like, this is going to be bad. And people would recognize me on the street and I'm like, Oh my God, fuck, they're going to think I'm a fag and kick my ass, you know? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you wow. know? And like, not one person said shit to me. Everyone was like, fucking so rad, you know, that you're on Jerry yeah. Springer. And then like, and then it was crazy too, because like my grandparents, and uncles and shit, like <laughs> figured out that I was on it and they're all homophobic, super fucking homophobic. And they're like, 
that's cool. Like you were on Jerry Springer. I was like, dude, that's making out the guy on the show. Like, and he's not even like a good looking guy. Like that's crazy. You know? And, like, <laughs> and people were like psyched on it. And I, I was like, okay, there's something going on here. This is fucking bizarre, which, you know, not to go back to the politics, but it's like, that's kind of why we have a dipshit as a president too. I think, you know, like it's like he was on TV. That's so cool. And it's like, right. goes against your morals. Um, anyhow. So like we did the thing and, 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 but they edited out like such, righteous shit that i wish like still was in i they have too much for tv like too like really i don't know controversial or racy or whatever like what give us give us an example of one thing they took out uh okay well there, there's two examples that really stood out one of them was there was a guy in the audience and he was like this kind of like like a tough guy kind of dude in the back and he was like sure. he like directed the que- this question to me you know it's like in the q a part and he's like something about like how it went like really fast like all of a sudden he was like, you're a fucking faggot or like, you're, you know, you're a homo or something right? F- stupid. And I was like, all right, you want me to fucking show you faggot? Come on. You know? And that was like, <laughs> yeah, like, oh shit, I'm gonna go fight this guy. And like, he <laughs> got up and like ran down the stairs and I got up and ran up the stairs and I was thinking like, you're like where's security? <laughs> I, I've been beat up enough to know, like, it's not gonna be that bad if I get beat up. It's gonna be a couple punches. You know, and I'd already been punched a few times by Alicia on the show and stuff. So I was like, we, we, we didn't connect. And I knew they wouldn't let us connect because, you know, I signed the waiver. And, like, I don't know what the audience does, but I'm sure the audience could probably sue the shit out of them if I got to him and fucked him up, you know. Or, like, God. I don't know. Like, I just know it wouldn't happen. So, like, you know, and, and you know, like, I don't want to fight anyone. I didn't care what the guy thought about me. I mean, I'm sure most of the audience thought I was, like, a terrible person for, like, making out with a dude, you know. But, like. Right. You know, as soon as he said like faggot, I was like, "All right, it's on, dude. Let's just fucking go." You know, and like, yeah. and it was again for me like acting. You know, and then right. and then and then there was another part where there was this guy in the audience that was like, "I want to ask the rock star, you know, what God would think of all of this." And I was like, "There is no God." And like the crowd just <laughs> fucking went berserk, you know, and they were like throwing shit at me and booing, and I was like, "Fuck uh, yeah, man, this is great," you know. Wow. Easy. And again, the 90s. I mean, what year was that? And how old were you? I don't remember, man. I think it was 99. Just a totally different time. I mean, that would be a different episode in today's day and age, right? Completely, if it were to happen at all. Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think like maybe the homophobic thing wouldn't have happened. The God thing might, might, have, might have happened and got the same kind of reaction. But yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that, to be honest, though, like, I don't know if that story makes sense in, in 2020, you know, like who cares? Yeah, like who deal. gives a fucking shit? And we kind of thought that too. Like who really gives a shit about this? Like this was so stupid. Were the producers aware that your story was fake? Did they care or, or did you sell it to them? No, that was like one thing that we never could admit. Okay. And we had to sign this waiver that was like, if we're lying, we'll get fined ten thousand dollars each and we're just like what the fuck are we doing so yeah <laughs> crazy dude i had to talk with you about that briefly uh tim piles shared that uh, recently i don't know if you saw that man but uh you i'm sure you know tim pretty well right yeah yeah definitely i mean if, yeah. if you play music in san diego you you should know tim and if you don't i don't know what happened <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> advice for local musicians right now no fuck no i don't have any advice i think that's like i don't know what i'm doing so i don't don't listen to me man like just do whatever oh, like come on. my advice is like just search your 
heart and your mind and your soul if we have those and and and, and, and like just try to f- try your best and good luck and if you figure out the answer to some of this shit please <laughs> let me know <laughs> shoot me a message on instagram <laughs> what 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 really i mean you're so involved with music dude and it obviously is your life what what part do you like the most i mean it's such a layman question but as a musician what really drives you to keep going is it the live performances is it just the writing process no no, no. it's it's everything but i think like really okay so weasel walter was in this in this documentary um uh, parallel planes and he 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 said he's like this part of this interview where he says this thing and it's like it just it was like fuck you just said it dude that's it like and he said that like he doesn't make music or play music for fun he he, he does it because he has to it's like uh i don't know i i, I don't really know what it, what he means by that but like for me it's like i was like oh my god you're right it's not necessarily like this is fun guys it's like no no no, no. this is like absolutely like detrimental to our existence because of so many things i mean it's it's a way to it's a it's the one effective way to communicate that goes beyond all this shit you know like goes beyond um social norms or politics or 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 language or age or whatever and then um you know it's like there, there is something like cathartic about it and there's also like a way to to communicate and to connect that's like a little bit beyond like basic human interaction. I mean, you know, I mean, most people I think that listen to this or whatever, like can pick a song um, that like, I mean, without sounding like cheesy, but it like moves them. You're like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is something emotional for me. And, And it's hard to put it into words. It's not simplistic. It's not like just a song. There's this, there's something else to it, you know? And so it's it's that I think that kind of helps because again too like not to keep going on and on and on but like I, I I like recently with the Swing Kids reissue that it's like for a while I would like really be critical on my contribution to that band I think that the band is it's good um, except for my part my vocals are not good and my lyrics are not good and I and I will and I'll be vocal about that uh, mm-hmm. pun not intended um, <laughs> but like people will respond to that and they'll say like dude, you need to fucking chill out and like give yourself some credit because right. like this band saved my life. And I'm like, what? Like, wow. fuck that. But like, again, like I grew up like thinking like, okay, well, you know, th- like this band saved my life. So, so n- not to give myself, like, I don't want to equate myself with, I'm not going to name the bands that have saved my life, but like, I don't want to equate myself with those things that are like so grand, but right. to someone else, it meant something to them. And that's, yeah, that's really important. And I think that like, it goes on to a bigger thing where it's not like, this is fun. Like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. We're getting paid and we're getting, you know, like (laughs) it's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's fun, but that's not, it's first of all, it's not always fun because being in a band with multiple people is really complicated sometimes and, (laughs) and very hard to, to navigate. But, but it's, it's, it's just something that's beyond that. It's a necessity for survival. I think to some extent, Awesome, man. Yeah, great answer. A universal language for sure. And I was thinking about this the other day. The the next amazing show I go to, I'm going to cry. 100%. (laughs) I mean, it's going to... I joke, but I'll probably get fucking teary-eyed, dude. You know, it's it's just so missed. And you know that live music feeling you get. Uh, It's... Dude, I'm going to cry like a little baby. 100%. You know what's crazy, though, too, to think about that? Like, I wonder how 
fucking intense it will be on every level. Like, I mean, for me, it's like, I remember the last show I, I performed and I was like, man, that was crazy. Right. And I'm glad we did that. But could you imagine like doing that again right now? We'll go fucking right. ape shit. You know, like <laughs> you think Schizophonics put on a good show. Like, going to be like, their next show is going to be just over the top. I mean, that dude's going to fucking jump to the roof, you know, like. <laughs> Absolutely. A new appreciation, dude, I think is one positive thing from 2020, right? For all things. Yes. For fucking restaurants, for bars, for live music. I mean, a new appreciation, right? Yeah, that is that is a really um, interesting thing to say. Yes, yeah. I, 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 it will be. Yeah. Justin Pearson, dude, all the very best to you. Uh, thank you so thank much you. for your time. All the best yeah. to 31G Records and all the amazing projects you have going on. Uh, do, do I need to list them all, bro? No. Death no, Club, no, Dead Cross. You got some good stuff coming out. Satanic Planet, uh, Planet B. Very, very nice catching up with you, dude. Uh, local legend for sure. And, and keep it up. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, dude. Thanks so much for listening to Palapalooza with Justin Pearson. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, check out 31G.com, all spelled out. Expect some new music from Justin's projects, Def Club, Dead Cross, Satanic Planet, Planet B. Check out The Locust if you haven't. It's amazing. Justin, thank you again for your time, man. All the best to you, San Diego. Be safe. Be healthy.
One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. Hey!